You are listening to Ask Akar Anything on Audiomatic, supported by Flow.in, that's F-L-O-H dot I-N. Send in your recorded questions to aaa at audiomatic.in. You can also visit our website, which is audiomatic.in, or get in touch with us through Facebook and Twitter. First question, Rahil Tamboli asks, the older established companies like Reliance were started by Banyas. Even the new technology-based companies like Flipkart were started by Banyas without capital. What is wrong with others? Why can't they do it even in this information age? They have done it to some extent. I think the stranglehold that certain communities had over raising and managing capital changed in the 80s and 90s in the south of India. I think companies like uh, Infosys, which were run mainly by Brahmins, took off and became very big indeed. So I don't think the kind of uh, monopoly that we saw uh, through the 70s and the 60s really exists anymore. It is very true, as you say, that even the modern firms um, like Flipkart and so on are run by mercantile communities from the west of India. Why is this the case? I think the ability to raise the capital to be able to run these large size firms is not a natural talent, but I think it can be passed down culturally speaking, father to son. A lot of the people that I grew up with in Surat uh, who run big companies uh, didn't have formal education and were not really good in school or in uh, college but they did know from a very early age how it is to negotiate with people how it is that uh, interest is uh, calculated what sort of burden it puts on a business these are basic things uh, which I accept these are not things that are magic more of us should know about these things than we do but for some strange reason it is only a few communities very small if you look at the Banyas and for instance the Lohanas in Gujarat, you're talking about less than 1% of the population. For them to dominate the list of billionaires as they do is quite astonishing. Uh, The Lohanas are an interesting community. Uh, They have uh, produced businessmen uh, in many faiths. For instance, Azim Premji. Jinnah was a Lohana. So is uh, LK Adwani, uh, Uday Kotak. All of these come from the same caste. Also very good at raising and managing capital. I think it's changing in the rest of India. Perhaps it's not changing fast enough. Hi, this is Beliapa from Mumbai. My question is, if India were a continent in the 20th or 21st centuries, which part would be a British, France and Germany? And which parts would be a Eastern Europe and the Balkans? I think Europe was fashioned in terms of its culture by its geography. There is a book by this diplomat called Madariaga, I think his name is, called Portrait of Europe, where he looks at the different nationalities and what their quirks and specific cultures are. But I think geography has shaped that continent to a large extent. If you look at the colonial empires, the names are Britain, Spain, the Netherlands, France. Why these four? Why not Germany, which is a much bigger nation than France is? Why not Italy, which is a bigger nation than, say, Portugal is? The reason is that geography shaped these four or five nations, Portugal, Spain, Britain, the Netherlands and France, on the western side of Europe and bordering the Atlantic. They were able to develop large ships which carried cannon. They were able to sail across the Atlantic and conquer the New World, as they call it. This option was not open to Germany, which didn't have access to the Atlantic as uh, the other nations did, or to Italy, which had access to the Mediterranean, which is a very placid sea and it did not need very big ships. 
India, I don't think has that variance within it. To the outsider, I don't think the various states of India uh, present the kind of difference that Germany does, for instance, from Spain or Portugal does from Britain. It's more or less the same. Geography hasn't fashioned our culture to any large extent. It's a placid place. People are accepting of authority in a way that many cultures are not. We don't really have that much of a difference in our food and I think somebody who comes in from the outside would remark that most of the food in India tastes the same. It's suffused with spice. So I would say given that there are some differences which tend to come out mainly from the upper castes in the west of india we've got the mercantile communities that do really well in gujarat and rajasthan particularly which contribute to about half of all the billionaires on the forbes list the south to some extent is more disciplined in the way that it approaches academics in the way that it approaches administration the east particularly Bengal is artistic. All these are cliches, I know, and not to be held true for the most part for most people. But these are what we have. This is what we must accept. On the whole, I think that India is not a country that has great variation across its states, certainly not to be compared with Europe. People are always complaining that there aren't enough single men and women around. Flow.in is a terrific platform that is connecting singles in real life. And here is one of their users sharing his experience. I am Amod Dani. I am currently with Publicis Ambience as an advertising agency. It's kind of tough, right? I mean, today's life, if you look at how busy people are, everyone's like running around. It's a rat race. Nine to five is out. And I'm sure it's a story for most single people in the city. So where do you get the opportunity to engage with somebody who's out of your field, who's out of your circle, and you would want to speak to them, know them better, interact with these kind of people? So the possibilities of that happening is kind of slim. If you were to explain Flow to somebody, you would first begin to explain from, you know what online dating is? This is not that. Flow was like one of the first non-dating platforms. What really encouraged me about Flow was the possibility of, you know, meeting people from you know, of an absolutely different social sphere. You would tend to meet individuals only from within your circle. Now the circles are open. Your, your universe has suddenly expanded and you're kind of like thinking, okay, wow, man, I'm meeting a banker, I'm meeting a businesswoman, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting, uh, you know, an artist. I met a singer. It's, it's a fantastic mix. I met a chef. And that suddenly changes your perspective about relationships, about how uh, the chemistry would work. It's, it's more like, you know, trying to find someone out there who is a, you, could, you could find as a compatible partner or a friend. I don't know love can happen or not happen. That's, that's something that, that you can leave it up to the two individuals and eventually it'll come through or not. I think flow has given, given every social gathering a meaning. So you're, you're meeting with a purpose of not just socially interacting, you're meeting with the purpose of engaging over some kind of an experience. I'm not saying that flow is for people who want to get married, but I think flow is for people who want to meet interesting people and uh, want to engage with them and want to connect with individuals. Whether it leads to marriage, that's great if it does. Flow.in. That's F-L-O-H dot in. Connecting singles in real life. Hi, Akar. This is uh, Shorya here from Bombay. I would like to ask you about veganism. What is your opinion regarding veganism? Do you support it in any manner? Have you ever tried to be a vegan for a certain period of time? 
veganism is vegetarianism that also uh, desists from the use of leather and milk products if i'm not mistaken have i ever tried it no i think the problem in countries like india is that there is a certain religiosity that is associated with vegetarianism a certain sense of uh, pollution that is associated with meat and that is why a lot of the people who preach and try to thrust vegetarianism down our throats tend to be brahmins or jains i don't think they are motivated by the larger aspects of either vegetarianism or veganism as it is in the west i think they are primarily trying to put through a faith based um, agenda which i personally resist i have no problem with somebody being either vegetarianism or vegan but i am always suspicious of those who are brahmin and jain and then claim to be doing it for for a larger cause milk is the interesting one here i think the human being with the exception of some of our races i think people whom we think of as being of uh, mongol origin have resistance to milk there is a term for it it's called lactose intolerant lactose tolerance which is the ability for an adult to consume milk after weaning age uh, is very unusual in mammals i don't think another mammal has it only the human being developed the ability to be able to digest milk after being an uh, infant and i think this happened about 8 uh, or 900 years ago if i'm not mistaken milk is a very important part of the human diet it adds things that a lot of foods don't have so while i'm fine with veganism in general i don't think that the milk aspect to it particularly is something that should be forced down the throats of kids Jennifer D'Souza from Bombay sends in this email question what are your thoughts on the Indian media's traditional reluctance to report on the personal lives of politicians particularly since others in the public gaze like film stars and cricketers are not usually treated with such deference good question there is an element of fear involved here uh, i remember this sensational story published in surya which was the magazine produced by a very young and fetching menka gandhi in the 80s just after sanjay gandhi died it had very explicit photographs of a politician's son and a lady friend of his i can't remember who it was i'm not being coy it's just that it's too far back for me to remember it was done in quite bad taste there was no real reason to publish the photographs of somebody in flagrante delicto this was a man and his girlfriend so it wasn't even a moral thing uh, he didn't hold any public office i'm not sure why those pictures were published one reason why we tend not to go after politicians sex lives uh, is like i said fear the other is i think there is a distaste that we have in publishing material that that deals with this subject and my distaste in just recounting that story is a pretty good example the third is i think that we for some reason we tend to elevate our leaders and i think that they are venerated in a way that the others are not for example half the people that we've given bharat ratnas to are politicians though many of them for instance rozari lal nanda or rajiv gandhi don't really have any particular achievement to their names so there is this sort of looking on them as being almost holy but certainly venerated 
is this changing in time that is something i wonder maybe it is i i don't think that 15 or 20 years from now especially given the free flow of um, information over the net things that remained secret and were discussed only in the press club will actually remain secret for long so even though we have had a past where we've stayed away from this sort of subject i suspect that in about 5 or 10 years time this will change Hi, I'm Parth from Bangalore and I have a question for you. Do you have a preference for e-books or physical books or vice versa? I think of books as being physical objects of art and I have a lot of them. I have about 6000 in my house. They occupy many walls. They look really beautiful and though I haven't read the majority of them, I confess I like having them at arm's length. Uh should I need to access a book at the point in time where I need to, it is available for me and I think that is one love I have uh, for a physical book. I'm I'm old, I'm oldish and for me a physical book is better than an e-book in many ways the first is i like the heft of it to hold something of substance and weight the other is i tend to remember where something is in a book in terms of a uh, direction left or right page bottom of the page top of the page how many pages in and that sort of thing so for me to go back to it is easier yes it is true that somebody can point out that i'm being stupid and if i were to just search for it on the e-book i might be able to find it just as easily and perhaps even more easily but i like the idea of having that sort of memory or and going back to a book and trying to find that paragraph or that line that i was seeking i have many kindles i must confess i've i've been buying them from the time that they've been put out but i don't use them as much i certainly don't read much on my phone except for the internet uh, and uh, news websites it is the physical book that i keep going back to all the time uh, for me i don't think that's going to change Gaurav from Mumbai asks why do you think the UK regulator has said that maggi is fit to eat while the UPFDA led to it being recalled off the shelves do you like eating maggi do you miss it second question first i don't like maggi i detest it i'm quite upper class when it comes to my uh, consumption of food i like caviar and salmon and things like that i even when a child i didn't like maggi i think it's disgusting um i can i can appreciate the fact that it's very easy to cook and a lot of people like it for that reason parents mums especially um I've I've never really liked it. Uh why did the UK regulator put it back on the shelf? Uh I think the reason is that it is safe to eat. I think that in India we tend to screw up uh, lab tests all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if either the size of the sample was wrong or that certain chemicals and certain additives found in some packets were not found in others i think it's very difficult to regulate agriculture in india people put whatever pesticide they want and you don't really know what you're buying off the shelves my guess is that the packets that the fda tested in the uk uh didn't have uh, the additives whether lead or whatever else it was that they were banned for in india whereas some packets in india might have had them but as i said i wouldn't be surprised if we screwed up the test entirely here in our country and i hope it comes back if not for my sake for the sake of the millions of others who like it disha from ahmedabad asks do you enjoy the monsoons what snack street food items do you like the most 
I like the onset the first couple of times it rains but then depending on what city I'm in it tends to become tiresome I remember working in Bombay in a newspaper office when those floods happened it was very difficult it always uh, threatens to get out of hand in Bombay because for some reason we've not been able to manage uh, the flow of water out of the city it is a, a season that is associated with romance to a very strong extent when I was reading the Valmikan Ramayan I was really surprised to see that at Kishkinda when uh, Sri Ram meets Hanuman and the other monkey warriors he postpones his search of Sita for the entire duration of the monsoon so that's four months that he spends with them uh, while the rain falls and Sita is in Lanka by herself with the Ravan I've always thought about that and perhaps one reason was that it was very difficult to uh, go through the country India was divided very cleanly north south till about 500 years ago and crossing the Narmada or the Tapi depending on whom you asked was when you actually went into Hindustan from the south there was a lot of forest and I think that it was the kind of a terrain that becomes unpassable with the monsoon I think that people from those times would have completely felt at home in the Bombay of today when um, six or eight hours of hard rain brings things to a stop. Um, so I, I like the idea of the monsoon more than the reality of it. Um, I went to China last month and I was really surprised to see when it was drizzling on a boat. They had the bhajiyas, of course they had many non-veg types as well. Um, but that is the classic food of, of rain to have tea and to have uh, fried um, pakoras. I'll stick with that. Thank you for listening to Ask Akar Anything on Audiomatic. Keep sending your recorded questions to me. What sort of questions? Personal questions, philosophical quandaries, political problems, whatever it is that is occupying your mind, send it to me at aaa at audiomatic.in. Tune in to all of our other shows also on Audiomatic.in. Ask Akar Anything is supported by Flow.in. That's F-L-O-H dot I-N. Connecting singles in real life. Audiomatic. You can find us at Audiomatic.in or look for our shows on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher.